Hey guys, welcome to Three Blonde One Battle. Hey, can you believe it's another episode? I'm I am pumped for this one. Yes, yes. So um, we are actually going to talk about heat and cold intolerances when it comes to managing multiple sclerosis. It's something that is a big deal. And um, the article actually that we will post in the show notes and that we already put on our Facebook Three Blondes, One Battle page is incredible. It's 20 pages of information. Um, the abstract, I mean, once you read the abstract, you're going you're, you're gonna to say, I'm in. I totally want to read this. And the way that they break down the symptoms of multiple sclerosis, the motor symptoms, the um, cognitive symptoms, and then what is the third one? Motor, cognitive, and oh my gosh, um, uh, sensory sensory symptoms. So they actually link it to the certain parts of your brain that the myelin sheath is, is, is basically an open wound at that point. So it's really cool, especially if you're kind of like a geek and want to read that, understand what you're reading on your radiology reports. Um, this article is where you need, you need to save it to your notes on your phone for sure. Wouldn't you say? Oh, totally. And here's the thing, like when, especially newly diagnosed, or even if you've had your diagnosis for many years, I think it's really important to learn the terminology, like start learning the aspects of what your reports are saying. it's so important to start learning the verbiage, start learning, yeah. reading your scans because for so long, personally, in my experience, I never did that. And I was lost. I didn't know what my doctors were talking about. And I was so confused of like, okay, what is really happening to you? Do I need to be concerned? Like, what are some things I need to be aware of? Like, what do I need to be looking for? And yeah. I know in the beginning, like the emotional side, like it's scary and you don't know what to do. And I was just actually talking to someone who was just newly diagnosed and she was talking about like how scared she feels. And I, like, we all can relate to that. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, telling her is you just have to take it day by day and taking actions now, like early on, I feel like it's going to be so beneficial in the long run as the years go. I wish I did it earlier, but you know what? It's the journey that I went on and right. now I'm learning from it. And like, I'm, you know, putting out word to other people who are newly diagnosed, like don't wait on it, like be your own advocate. Yes, it's hard, but it's worth every step. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend printing out all of your radiology reports. So say you go, say you have an attack and, and you, you go through an MRI and you, you know, you have the, the write-up of your solumedrol, like ask for, after all that's done, don't do it right now. It's going to stress you out further. But after, let's, let's say a month after you're going to call the hospital and you're going to ask for the, the copies. Um, most hospitals will send it to you without charging you, but I don't know, we're both VA. So, I mean, it's free for us, but that is, is, so important because then you can start a file and it actually makes you feel more in charge of your journey. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. And that's actually a really smart, really smart idea to do right at the beginning. I started it right at the beginning. So that's why my file, like I showed you guys on the first episode is like ginormous. But what I did do is I went through and I highlighted, and then I did write 
first attack night or you know 2005 or whatever second attack 2009 it just made me feel empowered and i would highly suggest it and this article going through what can be and we won't go through it because this is about heat and cold right now but the um the the physiology of ms and how they cover what does it look like to have motor neuron issues because if you had this article let's say saved in your notes on your phone and you're going through something say what you went through remember bobby just in february what yeah. was that thing called you would have been like oh i totally already know what this is called yeah it's in here so you're trigeminal. Actually, what is it trigeminal yeah no yeah Yep. So that's in here. Um, that's under sensory symptoms. So, I mean, you literally could go through be like, Oh, 50% of people get this. Like I'm not, you know, I there's, I'm told I'm going to be okay. This is part of my journey. I got this. And I think that's the thing. Like when we feel like something's off, like, is it something new or like, is it a pseudo flare? Like, how do I differentiate like between the two. And honestly, like almost 11 years in you're way further than me. Like I still question like, okay, like I have to go back. Like, okay. I, and that the only way I can figure it out is taking notes, like right. the time of day and just being very at, proactive about it versus relying on my brain because memory for me, it it's, it's hard. And so yeah. it's easy to write it down, see how it goes. And usually it's a pseudo flare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know that, uh, I can never pronounce it. Lermades. It's not pronounced that way. It's like a weird, like French term Lermides, Lermides maybe. But when you look down and you get that rush, that sensation going all the way through your spine, I've had that before MS hug it's, it's on the list. Like you literally need this article. It needs to be in your file because you'll feel more empowered. Um, so yeah, you want to talk about temperature? Oh my gosh. Let's talk about effects. Effects. I'll talk about me after you talk about you because you've lived. Okay. So for those that don't know, I have, I was diagnosed in Virginia. That's not really intense heat or cold. Um, and the majority of my MS walk has been in Northern Virginia, but then Iowa is hotter than crap. Um, and Wisconsin for a little bit was colder than crap, but I only had experienced that for one year and I'm in North Carolina now and the weather's like great. So let's talk about cold weather. Cause where have you been your entire time? Well, honestly, I've been in cold temperatures, my practically my whole entire life. So Idaho, I grew up in, lived in Montana, mm. went to Chicago for the military. Um, I was in Florida, which let me tell you. I felt amazing. This was before anything with MS, but it was amazing. Uh -huh. I felt so good, like my whole body, even my skin. But yeah. my first duty station was in Japan. That's clear not, up there. Not cold or hot? It's cold. Uh, it's cold? I didn't know that. Okay. So uh, how, so reading through these articles, like, did you get the all the stiffness that comes with cold weather? Oh, it's, it's brutal. Like I feel like someone's just squeezing me and it gets to the point that it's very painful. Um, it impacts my legs, which is really crazy because a lot of my issues is with my legs. Um, but I only have two lesions on my spine and all the rest of them are on my brain. 
And so when I talk to certain like other people's stories that they have a lot of like leg problems and walking issues and their majority of them are on their spine and they have like, you know, quite a bit like on their brain, but mine's like vice versa, but I have so much problems with my legs and it's my left leg. Like I have problems with my right, but it's mainly with my left, but with the cold, it literally, it feel it puts a shock through my body and it's really uncomfortable. Like I feel very irritable and I get really anxious because it feels like something's in my body and I want it out and I just can't get it out. Now, is this cold? Is this just when you go outside when it's cold or is that inside your own house as well? So it's in my, inside my house. So it's weird when I look at, when I wake up in the morning, um, I can kind of tell like the temperature pressure. Like I know like the weather's probably not great outside. Um, or like, I can feel like there's like a weather storm coming in because my symptoms will start kind of exacerbating a little bit more. And it's weird that I never paid attention to it and let until like the last few years when we moved to a way higher elevation and the winters here are brutal along with like high winds. Like we get high winds, like 50 miles per hour, like we're in like this gully area and then we're right in Wyoming. So Wyoming is like windy and so and it's brutal but I honestly never really linked the two together and I brought it to my doctor the very first years of my diagnosis and they're like no like it's usually with a hot temperature heat We'll say the article said that only 10 to 15% of MS patients experience cold, the cold symptoms. So you're actually only 10 to 15% of people. So maybe that's why they just dismissed it because 80% of people have the heat intolerance. And that's the crazy thing. Like last week's episode, like you were, we were kind of talking a little bit about it and about like, you know, sun and I never, like, I feel good, but I don't, I have like dry heat. I don't have that humidity. We don't get really like super hot until like August. So our heat isn't very long. Like our summers aren't very long. So we have like a really nice balance temperature wise. And it feels good when the temp, like when mother nature isn't like all over the place. So like springtime is really hard because we'll go from twenties clear to seventies. And this past month has been so hard with like my body and which we'll get into cognitive, which that definitely has been playing. Like it's really hard. It's a yeah, well, it's interesting that you say with pressure changes, because we didn't really look into that. We didn't really research kind of what they're talking about when it comes to pressure changes, but that's not so much a hot, cold thing. That's like it all year round when it rains, when, when the, t- when the pressure changes, there's something in our, you know, and I think of all the yeah, I think of all the lesions as like open wounds. And so it makes sense when radiation is coming on the open wound, but why when there's a temperature or, or it's going to rain or, you know, it's cloudy out and it's just overcast. It's almost like people with, um, um, uh, what's it called? Arthritis. Remember how they're like, oh, it's going to rain. Yeah. Grandparents would always say that it's like, no, well, we can feel that with MS and we crazy and weak as crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the temporary worsening of neurological functions due to an increase in body temperature, it's called 
Asoth phenomenon is an actual phenomenon. So this is really cool. It happens in 60 to 80% of MS patients with heat, 10 to 15% with cold. Um, it's a transient temperature dependent numbness, weakness, or loss of vision, which is very interesting. And for those out there that don't have MS, maybe they have a family member. I think that this is very good to know when it comes to understanding kind of how, what we go through, what we have to manage. We don't want to be like this. It just is. And so it's actually the conduction stops in any nerve if the temperature is too elevated. Um, uh, in a damaged nerve, the shutdown temperature is lowered. It may approach more normal body temperature, which we were just talking about. This is weird. Um, tell them about the body temperature. Tell them about the sauna uh, um, study or with the example of the sauna. Oh, where did I put that? It's crazy. Like sitting in a sauna. Well, personally, why I can kind of, I you think, I, it. no, I don't, I thought I put it down. So basically you said that, um, in this study and you can find it that, um, sitting in a sauna, which I don't even know why somebody, so I've got an oh, image. The, the one that I just read you, the yeah. heat. Okay. So yes. we did this, uh, they took a group of people with MS and they put it, put them in a environmental chamber. So a controlled chamber that they can, you know, manipulate the temperature in there. So yeah. they stayed in there for 60 minutes and they put the temperature. So they said it was moderate heating, which they put it into passive heating. It was 40 degrees Celsius, which that's like over a hundred degrees Fahrenheit for 60 minutes. But this is the craziest thing about it. So they saw that the skin temperature, so we're going to go into like skin temperature and core temperature, which I have always heard core temperature. Like I've, yeah, I, that's all I've ever heard. And I've right. always wondered about the skin because our skin is the largest organ on the body. Yeah. So <clears throat> it said that it increased by 3.8 Celsius. That's like over 37 degrees Fahrenheit increase. But the weirdest thing was there was no increase of core intestinal temperature, but it did increase motor symptoms uh, because of the increase of skin temperature. So there were motor problems happening with the skin increase, but the core temperature wasn't increased at that time. So weird. Isn't that insane? So then it makes you wonder, like you're out in the sun. And you're usually out in the sun a little bit longer. So what happens after 60 minutes? Like, is that, you know what I mean? I mean, it, and, and I think it also, it, it was talking about like the, wasn't it talking about the number of lesion or it had to, it had to do with, again, looking at like yeah. the number yes. of open yeah. wounds, right? Like as we progress, or if we do have more, we're going to be more affected by even just laying out in the sun, even just being in the sun. Um, I thought it had something to do with UV, but it really, it, it doesn't. I think it's just the heat coming heat. down on the our body. And that thing was at the end of that paragraph, it said heat sensitivity that it said the, uh, I can't remember how they put it, but basically the thought of it um, was that heat sensitivity only occurs in MS with increase of core temperature. And that's not. Yeah, it's, that's insane. It's not crazy. It really is. Um, but it would make sense. Like, can you, are you able to sit in a hot bath? No. So this is, the so I get horrible spasticity in my lower back, like horrible. 
and I, it gets to the point, um, it just feels like someone's just like stabbing me in my lower back. So heat, like heating pack, heat helps. Sometimes it's weird because heat will like really make it mad. Like it, it's painful. So I'll switch to cold, but some days it's the opposite and mm -hmm. it makes no sense to me, but sometimes I'll sit in like a hot bath, but the only way that I can stay in there for at least like 10 minutes is if I have ice cold water that I'm drinking like every few minutes continuously to help that. some kind of cold. Oh my gosh. You talked about that. So like go to page. So on page 20, well, it's the last page. Basically it said like, okay, after it gives you all this bad news, right? Like after it gets, but I mean, it's good news. Cause you'll know what's going on. But like, after you read all about what's going on with your body in the heat and the cold, then it does give you a couple solutions. And one of them was finally a simple method such as cold water ingestion can also improve, uh, tolerance in the heat and heat sensitive MS patients without any significant change in their core temperature. So it does, that's one of the solutions. That is, that is crazy because it's the only, like even taking showers, like I have to have some kind of cold drink to have, because if not, I get really lethargic. I get fatigued. I get so dizzy. And that's the only way that I can take a shower. The only way I can actually <laughs> bathe. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So it's for showers too. That is so interesting. So this does uh, talk about broad evidence on beneficial effect of pre-cooling and per cooling. Oh, curl cooling during heat exposure in heat sensitive patients. Um, for example, cold water immersion for, um, have been shown to improve vision, back pain. <laughs> you could go do the polar. What is it called? The polar plunge. Oh God. Yep. Those people are like plunge into the ocean. Um, difficulty in swallowing spasticity, sensation, impairment, and lower extremities, um, forearm handle. So all of it, um, have been shown to reduce tremor, spasticity, back pain, and improve vision, speech, and exercise performance. So just raising that, um, internal, uh, body temperature pre-cooling and per-cooling. Interesting. That is so crazy. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, that is so cool. I mean, but again, you know, you could be, oh, poor me, or you're like, wow, this is so cool. This is fascinating. Um, cold baths, let's see. Um, oh, it does talk about decrease so cold baths or exposure well, that makes no sense so it can trigger oh in those 10 to 15 percent which is you so interesting so you probably would not do well if you because I don't have really cold well I don't live in a, a, a place like you so yeah. I mean so people listening either they're going to be like oh yeah I totally get that or they're gonna be like mm, I have the heat sensitivity because I live in Texas um yeah. but it's very interesting yeah I would say definitely read through this um it's such a good article. Like, yeah. yeah, really, really good. And I think the other that I really like that it talked about the cognitive side. Yeah. Because I don't feel like sometimes that really gets a lot of light uh, on it because I feel like sometimes it's a hard topic to talk about. I know it definitely was for me, like feeling really confused. Like I could be talking and completely lose constraint of thought or like it was so hard to do like a simple task. 
And it just, it can kind of make you feel incompetent at times and confused and like, what is going on with me? And for for a long time, I really felt like that until I started like reading different things, but not taking every article that I read that wasn't like a science base like this, um, really to heart because I feel like sometimes things are put out there to like scare you. Yeah. And, And that's when you kind of have to put your blinders on. That's when you really have to think, okay, is this really something uh, that is like benefiting? Like what is like the scope of what this article is trying to tell me? Yeah. Uh, Did you um, highlight that? Did you highlight the part? Like what is a cognitive symptom? Well, no, not the symptom, but I did do the one um, that talks about the cognitive impairments and how like being it related yeah. So 40 so to like, 70% of people. Forward, so 40 to 70% yeah. of people. So, you know, if you're not affected, that's this, significant. I mean, that's significant. Yeah. I mean, motor neurons is the high, motor is the highest, right? It affects our legs. It affects like spasticity, the, you know, motor. Um, but 40 to 70, yeah, that's pretty high. Right. When I saw that number, I'm like, wow. Like, I know it could be really, like I said, really hard to talk about. So it makes you kind of wonder, like, it's a mental thing, like having the strength to say, you know what? Yeah, I do have a problem. And sometimes like I've gotten to the point that I've gotten really good at kind of playing along a conversation and I totally lost everything. No, you're just like, yeah, I think, (laughs) you know, it's funny. I went through the VA and they tested me for ADHD and now looking back and of course it came back negative. I'm like after four hours of testing, really, but reading through this, it's like, oh, that was freaking MS. Like I don't have ADHD. I've got recall and recognition issues, ability uh, to retain old uh, memory issues. I can't remember all people reach out. You don't remember me in high school. I'm like, Oh, okay. This is all MS. This is cognitive, um, uh, attention, just a deficit, um, decision-making problem, solving, processing information issues. Um, uh, especially trying to multitask, (laughs) um, spatial memory, um, nonverbal memory, which is visual content, uh, use of language, verbal, you can't get it out. You're, you're, you, you've got a ton of, you can't figure out what you're trying to say is up there, but you, um, is there now, however, what's interesting about all of these, um, uh, portions of this, whether it's motor, whether it is the cognitive, whether it's the senses, sensory issues, It all ends, every final paragraph ends with, however, these actually could be causes of the medication you're taking. Um, It could make it worse. They don't know. And of course, they're not going to, you know, how are they going to study? I mean, they could study it, but didn't we talk about exactly? They haven't studied MS in like decades. I mean, come on. Um, But I just think that's very interesting. Well, I completely agree. And the other thing it goes more into, it says the cognitive impairments were related to slow conduction uh, velocities in the parts of the brainstem that were responsible for auditory evaluation of the stimuli, a fact which suggested a core temperature dependent mechanism in the context of cold induced slowing of the neural transmissions, which that I would reading that I would, I had to keep going back and reading it like the cognitive side, because 
I can see it like it really being like cold, but also heat. And it was just amazing how it really goes into like, it, it, it's just weird because we think for me, like thinking of cognitive, like brain wise. So like nothing like physical, but it is physical. Like it goes into like our brains, our brain stem. It goes into right. auditory, but my brain doesn't go to that. And so for a while, it took me a, a while to understand that reading that for, I'm, I can't even tell you how many times I reread it because I'm like, how, like, how, how is this? That's so, I mean, it's science, man. Like you could be so nerdy and it's so cool. I mean, so the heat effect. It, 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 it reduces it fires slower action potentials across the axon or might just stop it all together. Yeah. So if you're like super overheated, like duh, it's affecting our legs, but it could also affect all of this cognitive stuff. Huge. And with, and it's great. Like reading this article, I look back to like through this winter to past like summer. And I feel like it's, for me, because of where I live, it's like an ongoing thing because I have drastic temperature changes yeah. all the time. Right. And I can't remember something that I came across um, of how some people like move to places that are very like, not stagnant, but like even a predictable weather. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how it really made a huge, huge impact in their MS. And I'm like, where are those places? (laughs) Like where can we find those places? I feel like uh, North Carolina does get pretty hot for a couple months, but that's it. Um, Yeah. We got to find those places, man. I feel like your winters are. Oh, we, we, because what's the coldest winter stand? I mean, it does get in the thirties, um, sometimes, but no, it goes away. Like it's like, it comes and goes, but uh, you know, I think I always think of San Diego, which of course is flooded with, I, I visited there two decades ago and now I'm sure it's like ridiculous. I've been there once and it was it was gorgeous. Like it was gorgeous weather. It was so Everybody wants to move there because I feel like it's even keel weather. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, what could we leave our listeners with? Well, the one thing uh, talking about, like we were talking about pseudo exacerbations, mm-hmm. um, this one part in it, I can't remember where it is at, but it talks about pseudo exacerbations um, due to decreases of body temperature per se could still be involved in worsening of symptoms during cold exposures, mm-hmm. which I'm like, Okay. Where's the happy medium? Like, how can you create that happy medium? Yeah. I think like the best of your ability to do that is like, for me during winter time, like I'm very bundled up and I kind of, I'm lucky enough that I can limit myself like going out in the cold. And I know that's not for everybody, but I do have to say it's helps a lot because I look back when I had my nail business and I was always going out in the cold and working and like my MS was just exacerbating so bad. And I wasn't putting any thought into my environment, what I was doing at work, the stress that I was going through. So I had all these factors coming in and the weather that I was exposed to, like we were like twenties, thirties, like super cold, high winds. And my body was in constant shock all the time, which 
I can see it now. Yeah. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Just so people can be aware, you know, bundle up if you're going yes. out, like uh, it does talk about wearing layers. And then of course, like we were talking about bringing cold, if you're, if you're in a hot environment, always having yes. cold water around access to the cold. And I like the opposite, mm. like hot, you know, drinking cold water, like in cold, that's something I've been doing. And I felt a huge improvement, like feeling not that irritability within myself is like, I have these thick, <laughs> these thick leggings that I wear underneath my jeans. And oh, so you're one of those people. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it. It always looks so uncomfortable. Is it uncomfortable? It is uncomfortable, but yeah. it, it, it definitely helps. Like with, it, I never used to do this, but I wear beanies now, like going outside, mm. like it helps. But before yeah. I'm like, no, like that's, it's just going to make me so Yeah, hot. but beanies has been like in for the last five years. So you're good. Like, and it hasn't gone out. So like dial oh, wise, you're, 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 you're <laughs> the top of the, the top of the food chain there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah. So as far as heat and then, you know, sometimes you just have to like suck up your ego. Say you love the beach. You love the beach. Well, you're 10 years into your progression. You're 20 years into the progression. You've got more. I love that like thought, right? If you don't know what a myelin and, and the, the, the way it connects. And, uh, if you don't know what that looks like, you, you should really kind of, I don't know, look at this article so you can have a visual of it. So you know, what's going on. It's actually quite a, uh, incredible thing going on in your body, but, um, you know, uh, when, you know, you've got more openings maybe it's time to just be okay with not being okay. Right. Like it's, it sucks. You can't go on the beach anymore. You can't be in the sun anymore. Um, even being under an umbrella bothers my legs, like being in the heat. I cannot, I think that's why, honestly, I, I, I have the leg strength to operate a motorcycle, but most of the time when you're riding, it's nice out, right? Nice out means it's hot out. And so I, I'm pro that's probably why I'm on three wheels now. It, it's not because I can't hold up a motorcycle with two legs. It's because I get out in that heat and I had to be okay with basically riding something I don't want to be riding, but I'm still riding. So same with you that live in the heat. Um, you, you just know that that is why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And I don't know. I mean, you just have to be I feel okay like it's, with it. it's really hard. I feel like it's really hard, like accepting and like you said, finding different ways that, you know, it can still be enjoyable. Like when it comes to, you know, the beach, maybe it's not really going to the beach during the summer. Maybe you go during the time when it's not scorching hot and it's right. a cool and it's nice and you know what I mean like yeah that's a great idea or you know using your words we know the power and what you say out loud so when people say are you a beach I know in the dating world you guys don't have to worry about that but like a lot of people are like oh I love the beach I love the beach I had to be like okay with being like oh no I'm actually a mountain type of girl uh, like just like and even though I'm, I'm like okay it's fine it's beautiful but I love the beach but like I have to be I have to continue to tell myself like no I'm not I'm not a beach girl and that's okay they don't need to know the details i'm not a beach girl oh so do you hike like oh crap now i'm caught <laughs> oh crap like oh what i shouldn't have lied i just drive up there yeah yeah exactly um gosh well so yeah i think that um 
what else with heat? I think this article just brings a, a light out that if you do notice like things that it's not in your head, that yeah. it is happening and that it's not that feeling of like, I used to feel like it's at the end of the world. Like my life is crumbling down. That feeling does happen. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like Nikki was saying, like your words, your thoughts hold huge power. Yeah. So there is always a way to something. It might not be the path that you want to go down or ever considered, but it could be you're at that season of your life that that's the path for you. And it yeah. doesn't mean that it's wrong at all. Um, it's hard to accept new things. It's hard to accept reality, but once we can start accepting that and finding those ways, trying things for so long, I was terrified to try stuff because I was so scared from all these articles I was reading from all these messages, the, the groups I was a part of, I'm like, what do I even do? Like, I don't even know what to do, but then I had to like, start weeding out things like, you know what? The only way that I'm going to know is if I try it. That's right. the only way that I'm gonna know. I'll know if I do it and I t- completely goes to poop, then I know. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I love but that. But I think that's the hard thing. It is a hard. It's thing. actually doing. It's actually trying it because for so long for me, I was I was scared because I was gonna make my MS worse. But yeah. in reality, like to a point, that's not true. Right. And the, I mean? and the more right. they know, the more people know, the more you'll know that that's yeah. true. Um, so yeah, just keep digging. I will say, I want to end with us talking really quickly about our purple feet, because I feel like we can't have an episode talking about purple feet. So let's just throw that in there right now. If you guys have purple feet, um, that which we both, both Bobby and I do, I'm not sure about Tara. Um, but like right now, actually, if we raised our, our feet and our legs, we would show you there's, there's not a circulation issue, which I'm sure, you know, your neurologist will like, Oh, let's do some circulation tests. Kind of waste of time. You can do it, but your circulation is fine. It's an MS thing. We get purple, uh, like sitting down or even standing up. So like, do you like circulate between laying down, sitting down, standing up, like all day long. And I know if I stood too long or if I sat too long and I'm like exhausted, I'm like, cause I get so fixated on that's the thing of life though. Sometimes you just keep on going. It happens. And luckily there's bedtime. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you're nervous, like, okay, so also the purple. So if you touch your foot, you know how you can touch and then go away and it's like purple and then it goes white really fast. Yeah. yeah. So that's going on right now and it's okay. Like, so, so don't be scared. I mean, of course, if you think there's circulation issues um, and you want to be tested for what's that, what's that? Uh, uh, I was tested for it. My sisters have it. So it is genetic. Um, it's usually the fingers in the cold, uh, their finger, your fingers go purple. Um, but this isn't my, just my toe. This is my entire foot. <laughs> and Bobby says hers goes up to past her knee sometimes. So if that's happening to you, it's okay. It's all part of the fun. Just enjoy the ride. Welcome to the sisterhood. <laughs> Or brother, sisterhood, uh, you know, um, it'll be okay. This too shall pass. <laughs> and I, I really hope that, you know, what you take from this uh, episode is, you know, crazy things happen and you just have to find your path and keep on trucking. Um, 
And it feels good when you do that. And I feel like where it comes, it starts from is like being at proactive in your journey, being proactive with your doctors and seeing the reports and just really getting a knowledge base doesn't mean you have to know everything about it, but just having a baseline. Right. Yeah. I love that. All right. Let's end it with that. That's great. I love this episode. I'm so excited for people to hear it. Me too. I actually, it blew my mind. It really did reading that whole thing. I'm definitely probably going to read it over more because I just. Yeah. And if you're wondering where our other blonde is, Tara's actually had an MRI appointment today. Um, you know, we, we start the podcast and life still happens and we still have issues going on ourselves. Um, so we wish Tara the best and, um, hope that, um, whatever's going on, uh, can be stopped with some steroids, hopefully. So, all right. Talk to you guys later. Yeah. Bye. Bye.